This broadcast is sponsored by Summit Bible College. Welcome to the Summit Show. This is your host, Caitlin Hashem. I'm so happy to be here in the studio with Dr. Randy Bunch. We are talking about health and fitness. And if you didn't listen to the last broadcast, we do encourage you to check it out. It is on the Summit Podcast as well as live radio. We are from Summit. Dr. Randy Bunch is a professor. He's a graduate. He used to work for us. Um, he's doing different things now and he's such a blessing because he always does pretty much whatever I ask him to (laughs) anytime I ask him to teach or anything, but he's so smart and so fun. And the cool thing is, is that he's really passionate about fitness like myself and Dr. Victor is even very passionate about fitness, the president of summit Bible college. And I feel like I hear his voice every day in my mind when I'm like (laughs) trying to achieve some goal, uh, fitness goal. And, um, He's just very, he's older than you. He's 74 now or 73. He's 73 and you're 58. 58. So he, he's strong too though, that guy. Yeah. He's strong too. He, he could, he could do some stuff. Um, it's pretty impressive for his age and he stays active, but you know, I wanted to kind of hone in a little bit on our topic and just really this session broadcast, this broadcast really capitalize on like, how do you really become the best version of yourself in the soul realm, um, the spiritual realm and in the physical realm. And really first off, before anything, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about how does God come into play? Um, For me, I had shared a little bit about my postpartum journey with my first and how I was just really depressed and I just wasn't doing well and how fitness for me helped get me out of a really bad spot. It was not the only thing that saved me by any means. Really, if, if I could choose one thing that saved me, it would have been um, obviously just my, my support system that I had through the Bible college mm-hmm. and, um, the spirit of God, just his word, his truth sustaining me. However, I can't deny the physical aspect of it because when right. you just look at a person, right. And you are listening today, listeners, if you just look at your person, um, yourself, your body, you have hormones, you have things inside of you, right. you have chemicals inside of your body that have demands. Yeah. And if you're not like fulfilling the demands of your body, um, you, you can't really get well. So mm-hmm. I, I honestly can't say there was one thing that, that saved me. Ultimately it was the spirit of God, but it was the spirit of God working through all parts of me. Yeah. Um, so today, you know, we're talking about where does God fit in on these fitness goals and why is it important? And one of the verses I wanted to read, um, I do have one in Hebrews as well, um, that I want to read as well, but, uh, I'll start with the first Corinthians nine verse. Um, and obviously scripture needs to be taken in context and all of that. Uh, but I'm just going to read this and see what God does. Don't you realize verse 24, 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete training it to Mm -hmm. do what it should. Otherwise I fear that after preaching to others, I myself may be disqualified. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is something that I was talking with my son about last night. And that is that we are a a culture that is averse to difficulty. We, you know, we like comfort. We want to bubble wrap our kids. We have what we call helicopter parents who make sure that they're hovering over the kids. Nothing difficult happens to them. We want to make everything easy for everyone. And the fact of the matter is, 
the only way that we ever develop is to encounter resistance. And the Bible said that we can understand the spiritual things um, that God has created through looking at the natural world. In fact, the Bible even says that God himself, Godhead himself is understood through the things that are made. Whenever Jesus wanted to illustrate a spiritual principle, what would he do? He'd talk about soil and seed or whatever, right? So we we can look at the human body. How does it develop? Well, you're not going to develop anything without some resistance, right? If you just baby your muscles all the time or baby your body all the time, and you, know, you just lay here on this real soft couch, and here's the controller to the TV, and you know here's some bonbons. I don't know what bonbons are yet, but they always said you know sitting on the couch and eating bonbons, but whatever they are. But you, you know, know the, what you, bonbons are? Yeah, they're, they're like so bomb. Or, yeah, I guess they're good. But the whole idea is that if we just baby ourselves, we're never going to develop anything. If we're going to develop, we have to encounter resistance. Um, Jesus said the prize is to the overcomer, right? So we need some things to overcome. And so one of the things, first of all, we have to do is take a good, hard, honest look at ourselves. That's one of the things that can be very difficult to do. And we have to be willing to kind of open ourselves up to at least some honest internal criticism in the sense, not criticism in a bad way, but just like we're critiquing something, we're looking at, okay, what are the strengths and what are the weaknesses? And so one of the things I think that has been lacking in the church is a self-awareness about the physical aspect of spirituality. And what do I mean by that? Well, you can't, a lot of people think that, well, you know, the spirit is good, the body is bad, because that's where all those fleshly carnal desires are. That's actually more of a Greek idea than it is a Christian idea. The Greeks were dualists. They believed, you know, flesh is bad, spirit is good. It's where Gnosticism came from. And is this idea that the spiritual is good, and that's why they deny that Jesus came in a physical body, because that would mean he's lower, he's bad. And so God made a spirit, soul, and body. We're to glorify God in our spirits, our bodies, and our spirit, which are God's. He purchased them both. So that requires a stewardship of the body as well as a stewardship of our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and the spirit. And so to me, Kaylin, I don't think we can say, I just think it is contrary to logic to say I'm a hyper-spiritual person, but I let my body just go to seed. I just let it go whatever way, and I don't steward it. I don't care what I eat or what. I, that's not a spiritual person because it's not a disciplined person. And, and you that's cannot what Paul be, just talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah you, cannot be, you cannot be spiritual without having these disciplines that also have to be incorporated in our physical lives as well. It's so true. That's exactly what he talked about. He yeah. says, I discipline my body to do right so so right here i discipline my body like an athlete training it to do what it should yeah so the way that we can correlate things and connect things in our lives spiritually and an understanding of god's word is to actually put into action what he tells us so for example um it's let's get off the physical fitness thing for a minute like um tithing there's an action that is required of us when we tithe, where we give our money to, you know, the church, what Christ is telling us to invest in, just be faithful, give your money. Um, and that becomes an act of worship. Giving to God is an act of worship because it's a physical action. And we're saying, you know what? I trust you. Like, I'm going to obey what you're saying. I'm going to sow into this. I'm going to do what you're telling me to do. Well, just like, there's so many things that you can look at obviously in scripture where you faith it says faith without works is dead. Yeah. It's that simple. That's right. Faith without works is dead. So if you're if you if you don't have a work backing up what you're saying, That's right. there's no credibility. And and here's the thing. It it doesn't even just matter when I say credibility 
toward your family or friends or the people who are seeing you or the people you're leading, let's say you're a leader. Right. Like when I, when I say credibility or when someone says credibility, I think we often think um, who's watching us. Right. But the reality is, is that internal credibility is so much more important than yeah. X, like yeah. than what's, than what others can give us yeah. um, or being credible to the masses. Like we know deep down inside if we're a joke or not. Yep. We know if we're legit. We know if we're being real. Like we, we're good at lying to ourselves in a way. Mm-hmm. It's denial. Denial is a very real thing. But in the core of who we are, yeah. deep, deep down, we know yeah. if we're being real or not. That's right. And the thing that I find the older that I get, I'm 34 years old and I've been walking in this journey now for 15 years with the Lord. But the older that I get, I just realize that personal credibility is so important because it changes the way I interface with the people around me, with the world. It changes the way I interface with God. It changes the way I talk to him. And it just, it opens up so much freedom for a person when you're just, like you said, honest with yourself. And I like, you know, some of these workout programs at home because like insanity for example the first day that you start it has you do one that is just a test Hmm. it's called a fit test Mm -hmm. and it's a real short one i think it's like probably a like a third of the length of the Mm, normal workout videos but he has you doing some of the main exercises and like asks basically if i remember correctly like how many can you do Mm -hmm. how many jump squats can you do stuff like that and write it down like just write everything down and then do it again when you finish the program and i always used to think like that was kind of a waste of time and then p90x i'm a huge tony tony horton fan huge tony horton fan Mm -hmm. um and he always pushes like write it down, write it yep. down, write your reps down, and um, and he's right because I think like like even today I was joking on the last broadcast. My husband was like, "How many push-ups can you do? Man push-ups?" And like four <laughs> months ago, we were in the living room and, and he asked me how many I could do, and I could only do eleven, you know. But we've changed our our routine. We've began. My husband and I have began to push ourselves harder. Yeah. Um and now I could do 21, you know? And so to me, like that's a double what I was able to do four months ago. If I didn't know that I, that I could only do 11, four months ago, I wouldn't know I'm improving. Right. Same with the smart scale. I don't think that the smart scale is really like the best thing. Cause it basically measures like your body fat. It measures right. how much water weight you have, how much muscle mass you have. I don't think it's the best thing. If you're a person who struggles with disorder, like a disorder, or if you're right. just overly obsessed, yep. but I think it's a fantastic thing for progress. Yeah. I wish I would have had the smart scale six months ago, you know, to a year ago when I started orange theory, because you know, I I haven't, I was telling my husband and telling you this the other day, like I was like a certain weight when I started orange theory. And I think I lost like four pounds because I was postpartum. I had just had a baby like shortly before that. So I was like, I lost like four pounds. Right. But in my normal past, (laughs) I would weigh, I would always weigh probably about eight pounds less than I weigh now. So in my mind, I'm weighing myself, you know, periodically. And I'm like, I haven't lost any more weight. And it's just puzzling me because Caitlin in the past, like I said, I would just stick to cardio, but I'm lifting weights. I'm doing pushups. I'm doing the rower. I'm doing the rower 20 minutes, like 
it's consistently 20 minutes of rowing that guy jacks your back you know and it helps your chest so anyway long story short once i got the smart skill i'm like wait a second i've gone down four percent in body fat and the only reason i know that is because my friend kara tested my body fat back like years ago when i was my skinniest of of, that's how how ironic it is is i was actually skinnier then and weighed weighed significantly less right and she tested my body fat my body fat percentage was higher then yeah so all of that to say the reason i'm bringing this up is because you need to know where you're at and your standard has to be your best for where you're at because you can't look at someone on social media who's super fit and and look at them as your standard because guess what that's you're not that person you don't have that same body type as that person you don't have the same background as that person so when i was able to do the test uh the test uh workout for insanity i was very uh, aware at that point what I was capable of and what I wasn't capable of. And once I continued to push the limits, he would always say this in the video. That's why it's good to have a coach or someone yelling at you a little bit. Push yourself, push your limits, push your limits. You need to push yourself. You You need to to sweat and you need to cry sometimes because then you find out what you're made of. Yeah. I think it's really important that people, like you said, are improving themselves. The whole idea of this program that I'm kind of going on in my personal journey is to become the best version of myself. One of the things that I love doing is watching some of the uh, guys online that are either in the bodybuilding world or in the fitness training world. One of the guys I happen to follow is a guy named Chris Bumstead. Those that are in the bodybuilding world will know him. He's the current reigning Mr. Olympia, won four times, is going for a fifth title. But I heard a, um expert in these areas say that some, the, the likelihood of having those genetics that make that kind of monster man are about the same as being seven feet tall. So, in other words, not everyone has the genetics to have that kind of body. So, that's not what we're going for. That's not our standard. Our standard is simply becoming a better version of ourselves, going on a journey to improve ourselves day by day in our thought lives, in our spiritual lives, and in our physical lives as well. well. One of the things that motivated me when I went on my original health journey back in 2020, my wife and I went on a health journey together, as you know, and together we lost 137 pounds. I lost 82. She lost 55. But... Um, when I got down to my lowest weight, I went down from 275 down to 196. When I got down to 196, I did not like the way I looked because the way I chose to lose the weight, I ended up losing a lot of muscle along the way. So when I decided to start this again, and this is something good for people to hear, I decided what I want to do is not just we're, – we're too weight-obsessed. We don't want to just lose weight. We want to lose fat. We want to gain muscle. And for those that are listening, I know know a lot of times women are afraid, well, if I go to the gym, I'll get beefy and bulky. And that's why I mentioned the thing about it's very rare to have the kind of genetics where you're going to get muscle-bound, ladies. But what what will happen when you get muscle, not only does it, it it improves so much in your health. It burns fat. It burns fat. You burn (laughs) calories at rest. Um, If you really want to lose weight, people say, well, I need to do all the cardio that I can. Well, cardio is good, but really zone two cardio, which is walking, is actually better for fat burning than, than, say, running or some of the more intense kind. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just start walking, start doing some basic, you know, good um, compound body exercises, things like squat, bench press, things that incorporate lots of muscles. Going to the gym maybe a couple, a few times a week. Again, always consult your doctor before you start a weightlifting program, but... You know, do some resistance training, get some walking in two, three times a week, and then just begin to be mindful of what you're eating. Eat more protein, uh, get away from the sugars and the junk. Yeah, yeah. just simple steps. 
And like I said, the information is out there. It's it's easy to obtain. It's just a matter of making the commitment to do it. That's so good. And I, I love what you're saying. It's so good. And you're right about the weight training and the resistance. It's, it improves your health so much more. When you feel strong and you know you can lift, yeah. you feel like a superhero because yeah. you know you're strong. It's not yeah. just I'm thin. Right. I was always a thin girl. I was just thin. But now that I'm building strength, it feels really good. Yeah. It feels great mentally. I feel better mentally. I feel more alert. Um, but all of that to say, back to what I was seeing on the last broadcast, I, when I was really depressed, I did that home work workout, right? Mm-hmm. Well, after I had my second, who's going to be two in September, I was trying to tell my husband, listen, I'm having a really hard time. I told him like when she was six months postpartum, when I was six months postpartum, I'm like, babe, I'm having a really hard time working out at home. Like I cannot, I could not do it. I was so distracted. Mm-hmm. I wasn't getting quality workouts. You know, I had two kids now instead of one right. and it was so demanding for me. It just, I was constantly quitting and stopping and starting. And mm-hmm. I just told him, listen, can, can I please, can you just try orange theory? Cause I went with a friend r- right upon that time. And I just realized like, it wasn't just a gym. It's a gym, but everybody's synchronized. Everybody's doing their, it's in circuit training. So you either start on the treadmill, the rower or the floor. And mm. it's in groups of three and you do each for 20 minutes and the music is loud and everybody's working. And it's like a warrior zone in there. Yeah. Like everyone is training. They're in their own zone. They're, they're focused on their own, you know, uh, paper. They're doing their own thing, but it's demanding and it's competitive. And I liked that. And I told him like, you know, cause it's, it costs money, but it wasn't until he did it. And he recognized the same pattern in his life as a dad mm-hmm. coming home from work with the kids, with me, you know, being home with them all day True. and realizing that he couldn't give what he needed to for his fitness. Right. And so he totally bought into it, which was just so funny to me because he was so against it when I brought it up because <laughs> he thinks he was so he was so adamant about how dumb it is to put money into a gym with mm. what we have at home because yeah. we have everything at home. We yeah. really do. Yeah. We have all the weights. But he, he's always said that it's so dumb to invest in that when you have everything at home. But listen, it's not dumb to invest right. in that. Absolutely. If if it makes a difference for you yeah. and you're performing better and you're getting better results, invest in yourself yeah. because your kids need you. Your family needs you. You, you have got to treat your body like it's a temple. Yeah. Put money into yourself. Yeah. You know, it costs us money at Orange Theory. We, we're on the small, one of the smaller packages, so we only do two days a week right. there. But we, we work out at home on the other days. Right. Because when you already have the system going, yeah. it is easier to work out at home a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to lift weights at home. It's easier to lift weights for me at home yeah. than do some sort of crazy insanity video. Because it's like you could just lift. You know, yep. you're lifting. My, my stepson <laughs> has invested like thousands of dollars to create a home gym that we have. So I do certain days I do at home for that very reason. Um, And I love, there was a a question that was asked by a guy. I love him. He's on YouTube and he's um, a a certified physical therapist and he he used to be a strength coach for the strength coach for the Mets and he's done all this different stuff. But somebody asked him the question, um, you know, what's the best program to start with? And he said, the one that you'll keep doing. And I thought it was such a great answer because a lot of times people want the ins and outs and all the details. Find something you can do consistently. Like you said, maybe it's two to three times a week, but just start and find, you know, again, educate yourself. Don't just say, okay, I'm going to go out and do, do this thing willy nilly and no education or no knowledge of what you're doing. But even if you're just starting with a walk and doing that, you know, three to four times a week. And then, like I said, you know, cutting down on the things that you know are not good to eat. 
educating yourself a little bit about nutrition and then getting in some resistance training. It can just be, you know, it can be slow. And and the great thing is a lot of these gyms will have people that will show you around yeah. and give you kind of the lay of the land so you can get an idea of what's going to strengthen what. Yeah. And then get yourself, you know, a program where you're kind of splitting up the body parts. It's easy to do. Um, there, there's just so much information. That's why we can't even begin to get into it because there's so much good information out there. And there's so much to learn along this line. But really, if somebody wants uh, to begin, it's really easy to start. You just have to decide that's what I'm going to do. Yes, and we have to be very sensitive in recognizing the sins that are coming against our body or the sins that we're partaking in that are um, damaging our body. Like, yeah. it's just a reality. Their yep. sin is real. Yeah. And we we could be eating things that are terrible. We could be, um, you know, there's a lot of things that we could be doing that are impacting our physical bodies yeah. and the way that we look. And we have to ask ourselves, like, d- is this having a negative effect on me? Am I yeah. drinking every day? Am right. I abusing alcohol? Is there substances that yeah. I'm abusing? Am I a cigarette smoker? Like, listen, we're not here to, like, you know, I'm, the reality is, though, like, we have to be real about what's in our life, what's right. going in and in, in, in what's coming out of our mouths and, right. and what the way we're treating people, all the things. But I will say this in Hebrews 12, verse 1. It says something that is so powerful that I correlate with the physical. It's a spiritual verse, but I correlate it physically too. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. There are so many times when I'm on the treadmill at Orange Theory or I'm doing the rower and the rower just kicks my butt sometimes. I just can barely do it where I'm like just so fatigued, you know, and I'm like, I just feel myself, um, I feel myself at the end of my rope physically or when they're challenging us to run on an incline or something like it's hard for me still, you know, running on an incline on a five incline, like I'm like running up a hill, you know, and it's, it's not easy, but I find myself praying through those moments or just asking God questions that, that I need to hear. I need to hear his voice over my, over my life because the way that I feel physically in that moment is sometimes how I feel when I get spiritually fatigued, it's like you get these moments in life where you are faced with your level of endurance, right? You're like, Hey, I'm trying to pray for my loved one. Who's an addict. How many times have we been praying for someone? We've gotten fatigued in our prayers. We're tired of praying for that person. We feel like we want to give up spiritually in some area of our life. There's moments where we correlate the physical with the spiritual and we push ourselves so hard physically we feel like we're reaching the end of our rope and we can fight right. through that in yep. such a way where there's spiritual breakthrough that comes out Absolutely. of that. And I find myself when I'm working out, it's always spiritual for me. Yeah. It is because I'm pushing myself to new levels. Yeah. You know, like when I was only able to do 11 pushups six, four months ago or however long that was, and now I'm able to do 21 to yeah. me. I, it's showing me and, and granted, I want to do more yeah. like today. I, 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 I did it to, the last one I could do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, but I know that next time I do it, I might be able to do one more. Yeah. And how cool is that? Yeah. When you look at yourself as a warrior for God's kingdom, yeah. Yeah. where you could say, you know what? I could do that spiritually too. You know, I'm praying for a loved one right now who, who I've been praying for, for over a decade. And let's just be real. Cause I think, you know, all of us can identify with this. Like we have some people in our lives that have, frustrated our faith and have put us to a, in a position where we're like, just, we don't know what to do anymore with them. Like we're just like throwing our hands up. Like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know. And, and the Lord tells us just like he does in the parable of the persistent widow, where she keeps going to the judge over and over again, 
over and over again. And the judge says, you know what? I'm going to give this woman what she wants, not because I'm a righteous person, but because she won't stop. Right. She won't shut her mouth. He, the, the parable of the, of the unjust judge is not highlighting the judge's character or highlighting right. his righteousness. It's highlighting the woman's persistence. persistence yeah. And so many times, like when I'm praying, like for this particular person that I have in my life that I love so much, a family member, so somebody who's very close to me, um, I, I reach sometimes these moments of, of defeat where I just feel defeated, not in my whole faith, like other parts of my life are going wonderful. But I mean, just in that one area where I just feel like I get beat down every time I go there. And it was so interesting because I had this like experience the other night where I was praying. I don't even know if this is going to correlate or connect, but maybe it'll minister to somebody. But I was praying for this person that I've been praying for for a long time. And I got some insight into some things. And this person's struggling with major addiction issues and different uh, challenges. But the addiction isn't necessarily the, the, that's really just the symptom. And I'm starting to get wisdom in this person's life and the true struggles. And as I was praying, I started to feel this sense of heaviness and this sense of almost like I was storming into like a dark room. Like I was, I was like running into this place that had no light in it. Mm. And I could feel my spirit start to flicker a little bit where it was like, okay, that's like uncharted territory. And I know that sounds so weird maybe to the listener, but I feel like God was telling me it's okay for you to back up on that for a minute, pray for their faith, pray for their salvation, but back up a little bit. You don't have to storm into every darkness um, that you see because maybe you're not ready for it. Or maybe I'm not calling you to do that. It's almost like I felt like I was a soldier and God was like, go get you back up. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because not every soldier can, can chart every territory. And so I feel like for us, even as we're listening today, maybe there's an area in your life where you're trying to storm something. And every single time you do it, you recognize that you're incapable back up a little bit. Yeah. Back up a little bit, take a step back and ask God to help you reassess what is it that you are capable of in this moment? What can you do? And do that and let yourself build endurance day by day by day by day. Because the more endurance you develop, the easier things are going to be for you. And be a person who hears the voice of God. Get in his word. Let him guide you. Like what we had just talked about today, like. Listen, take down the sin that's easily tripping you up. And listen, verse two is so good. Hebrews 12. And we can end. We have about two minutes left. How do you, how do you, um, run with endurance? Okay. It answers itself right here in Hebrews 12 too. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates Mm. and perfects our faith. You know, Jesus can give us all that we need in the practical areas of life in our, in the areas of our faith and in the areas of our soul, he can heal our, our souls from emotional turmoil. He can do all of it, but it's a matter of us trusting that he is in the physical. That's right. He's in every part of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Bible said we're to glorify God with our body and our spirit, which are God's. He purchased them both. And so he's interested in every aspect of your life. He wants you to have victory spiritually. He wants you to have victory in your marriage and finances. He wants you to have victory certainly in your thought life. He wants you to have victory in your physical life. Um, You know, he wants us to maximize our potential because it glorifies him when we do so. And I think, you know, for us to kind of just take for granted, you know, well, I could just whatever. I, I think it does disservice to the great gift that God has given us. You think about the tremendous privilege he's purchased us he's redeemed us and yet he entrusts us with the stewardship 
of our of our own spiritual growth, of our own you know the, the maintenance of our bodies, whatever. And so we honor him when we do the best we can to become the best first of ourselves in all these areas, and we become a, a, a good exemplification of what it means to pursue this level of excellence in all areas of our life. It's just so important. I think that we this is a, this is good work to put our hands to, and I think it's something everybody can become a better version of what they were yesterday. So again, every journey begins with a single step. So let's just begin. Pray for the listeners. Yeah. Um, we have like 30 seconds left, so minister a word and pray, and then end it, say goodbye. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much for inspiring each and every one of us, Father God, to be the best version of ourselves we can be, that we might, in doing so, reflect Jesus to the rest of this world. We pray, Father, for your grace, your help, your strength, and your wisdom to do it. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. This broadcast is sponsored by Summit Bible College.